0: for for that introduction and thank you my brother Clint for for that introduction as well. You know Clint uh, caused some problems in my house. Amen. Just the other day. Amen. You gotta be careful who you let in your home. So my wife um, because she loves cooking Amen she went to her favorite place where they cook, amen, and brought a meal. Y'all didn't catch that. She loves cooking, so she went to her favorite place where they cook, amen. <laughs> and she, uh, she brought some meals for my brothers and I, and brought them to the house, set them on the table. And the First thing that Brother Clint did, Sister Candace, was he looked at his meal, and he said, that's too much. And I looked and I said, okay, okay, that's too much. And uh, so he took what was in the bowl and cut it in half. And I said, all right, all right, that's fine. And then um, my wife was interested because she's always trying to get me to lose weight. I said, what weight? Amen. (laughs) She's always trying to get me to be healthy. I said, I am healthy. But I try to listen to her. So she then gets interested in what Clinton has to say. And she says, well, what do you eat for breakfast? And so Brother Clint says, well, for breakfast, I only have uh, maybe some nuts and some cereal. uh, No, some nuts, some fruit, and yogurt. And I looked at him, and I said, "Okay, that's fine. Amen. I'm getting a little nervous. And then she said, well, what do you do for lunch? And he told her what he did for lunch. What do you do for, for dinner? I don't like a whole lot of meat, anything like that. I just eat. And then as soon as they left, she said, you ought to be more like your brother. Amen. <laughs> and the next morning, the next morning, I get up for breakfast, and there is fruit and nuts and yogurt. Amen. <laughs> and I thought about Clint. I said, before he is invited to my house again, we're going to have a conversation. Amen. <laughs> We're going to talk, amen. Then he can come. But I want to praise God for my brother and thank God for uh, his example. Uh, it's just wonderful always on a serious note to have him around. Y'all, y'all ready for a word this morning? All right. Let us bow in prayer, and then we will proceed. Lord, at this time, we ask for your presence. We thank you for this opportunity to share, but we pray that you will share through us. As preachers, we always say, allow me to be set aside and you to step in. But I say today, just use me as you will. Let me be your vessel. In the name of Jesus, our Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if I could get, well, I will get my device to work. Um, I was trying to be fancy a moment ago. fanciness has its place. Amen. But my oh my, the choir today was absolutely, I heard this was you all's first time, the second time, I think. Um, And man, you were fantastic. Amen. You were fantastic. All right. there it is. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Um, I'm going to share with you for a little while from what that choir sang. Um, We're going to read from Numbers chapter 6. We're going to begin with verse 22. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Is it your tradition to stand when the word is read? Amen. If so, just stand. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I want to talk to you a little while on the subject, God's Blessing Agenda. Amen. I want to thank you, uh, Pastor, and your family. Uh, pastor, for allowing me, family, for inviting me to be present on this day. Thank you all for taking the chance on a Methodist preacher to share a word. Amen. <laughs> I appreciate that. Amen. And. Uh, Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share in what was such a beautiful celebration. Uh, Congregations tell and show a lot about themselves in terms of the way they record their leadership. And I see your high regard for your leader. And it impresses me in terms of the kind of congregation you are. So CCC, you are second to none. Amen, I thank God for you. Amen, and God has placed you, amen, on a hill. So God has identified you in terms of the work that you are to do. And there is work before us as the people of God, the church. There is work for us to do I was looking at the statistics, and there are over 400,000 churches in the United States of America. But you have to keep reading, and when I read on, it said, but 80% of all churches are weak and not strong. Somebody pray with me on this morning, amen? And they said 80% are really hoping that they can keep the lights on. They, they, they are hoping that they can keep the roof repaired. They are praying that they can get through the winter and pay the heating bill. Can somebody say amen? Eighty percent, amen, are really trying to keep the doors open. So I know that post-COVID, this congregation, like others, I don't have to be here, I know We read, we talk by COVID-19, and we praise God for the people who are online this morning listening to this service, amen. But churches, especially congregations of color, did you know that congregations of color lost more percentage-wise in attendance than any other ethnic group, black churches, than any other ethnic group in the United States of America? So we were impacted by COVID-19. And I say all that to say this, just because we were impacted does not mean that we don't have a great future, amen? Just because during COVID-19 doesn't mean that we can't recover. The statisticians say that we will never come back. The Word says, hast thou not known? <laughs> hast thou not heard? Amen. The Lord our God. Can somebody say amen? And I say, we took the worst hit because God knew we could handle it. Somebody say amen. <laughs> we took the worst hit because God understood. Because of our history, more so than any other group in the United States of America, we could take the load, take the hit, and come back like never before. So, I appreciate your thing, Pastor. You're not just looking for vision and purpose, but you're looking for greater vision and greater purpose. Can somebody say hallelujah? Amen, amen. Now, let me go on with this word for today. Our, our word for today comes from Numbers chapter 6, and it begins with verse 22. The book of Numbers is entitled, um, Arithmoi in the Greek. Arithmoi is the only book named after arithmetic in the Bible. Amen? <laughs> and uh, it is titled such in the Septuagint uh, because it contains all of this statistical data. Amen? On the one hand, it is a book that you would enjoy reading, but there are certain parts of numbers that even as a preacher, you tend to want to rush through it because it repeats one stat after another stat after another stat. But it has relevance and importance to the people of Israel. In our particular text, we find reference to a traditional prayer. Many of us call it, and indeed we use it as a benediction and indeed it is a benediction. But what I would like to say to the church is that benedictions are more than just the prayer that you say at the end of the service. Generally, a church service will contain several benedictions because benedictions are just blessings. Amen? It is a prayer, a blessing, upon the people of God. So you don't have to wait until the end of the service to say a benediction. You can the choir gave us a benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. That was a benediction, but the service ain't over. Somebody say amen. So sometimes we have to make sure that we don't allow the world to take our words and our terminology and then tell us what it means Forms us of the meaning. And Aaron and his sons were to say this blessing upon the people, not at the end of the service, but any time that they decided the time was right to bless God's people, they could say these words, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Amen. I call that God's blessing agenda. This ironic blessing or benediction for centuries has been used by the Jews to engrave on amulets, bracelets that they would wear, necklaces that they would wear. When they dug up and excavated the graves of Jews, 4,000 years in the ground, and they would excavate these graves, and they would find on these graves, the Lord bless you, on an amulet, on a necklace, on a coin, the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. So these words were significant. And it is that history. That's why you see that word on this song on this morning, because these words were significant in the minds of the Jews. For centuries, they wore it on their omelets. For centuries, they wore it on their body. And they were words that were spoken over them. When they would come into the tabernacle, they would hear the words, the Lord bless you and keep you. When they would exit the tabernacle, they would hear the words, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Amen. Preach, Bishop Walker. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Talk about this thing. Amen. So they weren't just used as a closing prayer, but they were a prayer upon God's people to remind God's people that the God we serve is in the blessing business. Amen. I'm not trying to preach Prosperity gospel, but I am trying to preach gospel. And gospel is that the Lord our God blesses his people. God cares about us like fathers and mothers care for their children. Yes, every now and then we punish, every now and then we say go to the corner, but most of the time, on our mind, our ways and strategies to bless those children who look like me, act like me, talk like me, walk like me. Somebody say amen. 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 When, when, when my wife and I, we bought a retirement home in Oklahoma. We bought the home. Folks said, what are you going to do with all that land? What are you going to do? Blah, 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 blah. What are you going to do? La, 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 la. I said, I ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to do anything. I'm buying it. It's not for us. It's not for the lowest. It's not for me. Amen. We got more behind us than we do in front of us. But we are buying it for those who bear our name. Can somebody say amen? So our whole thought, our concern right now is about our children. God operates in that way, thinks about his children. Why are we here today? What? What? Are we celebrating today? If communion is about anything, it's about the fact that God cares about us. Can somebody say amen? Slow down, bro. Slow down. Amen. Slow down. Amen. So here we are, thousands of years removed from the immediate context of this blessing. Therefore, we cannot readily see in this text the design of the author. Amen? But this text is designed to stick out like a sore thumb. That's what this text is designed to do. It is written so that the reader will understand how prominent it is supposed to be. Let me look around and make sure, amen, okay. So there's not a brother in here, there are some sisters in here with some beautiful red suits and garments on, but if a brother walks in with a red suit, trust me when I tell you, he is trying to say to everybody, pay attention to me. Somebody say amen. He's trying to draw attention. That's all I'm saying. I underline that. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Amen. This text is like a brother in a red suit. To really make it where you can digest it, this text is like what uh, my cousin Sheila said about Woodrow. This text is saying, I don't want to be on the edge. I don't want to be in the back. I want to be right at the center, amen, right in the front. Can somebody hear me? This text, if you read, if you go back to Numbers chapter 6, And if you read the chapters before it, you're going to read and say, turn that page, turn that page, the law about this, the law about that, amen, this statute, that's, and you're just going to keep turning, keep turning, keep turning. It looks like something a lawyer wrote, and then all of a sudden, out of the midst of all of these lawyerly phrases, the Lord bless you out of the midst of all of these ordinances and this is what you do when your wife does this. I'm like, I can't do that if my wife does that. But anyway, this is what, amen. And, 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 and all of a sudden the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Lord go make his face shine upon. Amen. Do you hear me? It stands out like a sore thumb and it's meant to stand out like a sore thumb because God wanted the people to know in the midst of me giving you your law, what you will do and what you will say and how you will act. God says, I will give you the law now of what I will do and how I will behave and how I will act in the midst of what I tell you you must do for me now let me tell you what I will do for you amen I will bless you lord have mercy i i i i, I, I <laughs> oh wow amen it is meant to capture our attention it is indeed a literary oasis in this particular text, and it is a word that expresses God's unending grace, and it expresses the power and the potency of God's grace. Just, just look at the words. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. God will bless you and keep you. God will bless bless you, and guard you. God will bless you and watch over you. you like the baby of Shaquille O'Neal. You're standing out in front but behind you there is a seven foot who knows whatever giant. God will guard you and I guarantee you Shaquille O'Neal might have a baby who's sick who is uh, 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 25 inches long but ain't nobody touching O'Neal's baby because O'Neal and said, can I get a witness in the house on today? Amen. But if you read this verse, it goes, these verses it goes on. And, and and the Lord's gonna bless you and keep you. He's going to stand guard over you, but the Lord is also going to make his face shine upon you. Amen. Now that's a little bit different because the Lord is going to bless you and he's going to keep you. He's going to guard you, but the Lord is also going to have his face. Amen. In your face, God is in your face. Amen. God is face to face with you. So the text draws God in just a little bit closer because it's one thing to be under God's, amen, umbrella, but it's another thing to have God facing you, amen? It's another thing to behold the face of the Lord, to be in the beauty of the Lord, to behold the the beauty of the Lord and the glory of the Lord. Lord have mercy, I'm going to move on. And then the Lord will not only make his face to shine upon you, but the Lord is going to turn his face toward you and going to give you peace. Can somebody say amen? The text, each time the text moves, it draws us closer to God. And what the text does not do is it does not say, and Moses will. It does not say, and Aaron will. It does not say, if this, then that. It does not say possibly or maybe. It does not say and the contingency is. It does not say and the probability of a might be comes into play. It says the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Can you understand me? I am here today not because of how Good, I have been not because of some accomplishment that I have made, not because of some degree that I have. I am here because God's grace has I didn't merit my life. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I didn't merit it. But God decided that my agenda is to bless you. Pastor is here today from Lovejoy, Illinois, not because he is so great, so mighty, so powerful, but God's hand of grace has been upon that man, upon Francine, upon this family, and he has made it this far by God's grace. Amen. All right. Uh, So, so then, the blessing is placed here. And what I like about this blessing is one writer said, this blessing is written as performative speech. And I said, what in the world is performative speech? (laughs) So I imagine that it was like the speech that I'm, it's like today, I'm I'm preaching, I imagine that it was said with a certain type of elocution, but that's not performative speech. Performative speech is when you're a single man and a single woman, and you decide that you love one another, amen, when... When, 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 when Pastor and Francine stand across the room from each other, amen? See each other for the first time. And in his mind, that's going to be my wife. <laughs> and in her mind, we'll see you in a minute, amen? <laughs> but then when those two minds come together, people, I'm sure, said to them, you all make a beautiful couple. I'm sure people say, you all ought to oughta, oughta, oughta really think about going through life together. And I imagine they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one day, they came before an altar. They came down an aisle. And a preacher looked at a single woman and a single man and said, now, by virtue of the words that you have said and the vows that you have made and in one little sentence of performative speech, The preacher says, now I pronounce you man and wife. Now, before that time, no matter what Woodrow had, it was Woodrow's. (laughs) And whatever Francine had, it was hers. Before that time, if some other cat caught her eye, she could look. Amen. If some other chick caught his eye, fine and dandy. But once The performative speech was said over their lives, their whole situation, their entire orientation... Change right then and right there in that moment that that word was pronounced. Everything changed in the twinkling of an eye. And once God says, you are my son, you are my daughter. Once God claims you, once you come and say with your mouth and believe in your heart and you, you believe that God has raised him from the dead. Once you do that, everything has changed. All things all things have passed away and old things, all things become brand new because of a formative word. A confession with your mouth changes your whole identity. A confession changes how you live eternally, not just today and not just tomorrow, but eternally. And that's what performative speech is. And that's what this word is. It is a word of blessing that helps us to understand that God has changed our circumstances. And this is where I get my kick from. And that is that, that, that uh, and I'm going to be through in a minute, but that word, that, that, that I, I can see God's nature in the word because God could have, could have waited until they got in the promised land. They are almost there. Amen. God could have waited till they got to the promised land and they're drinking from wells that they did not dig and they're eating from from vineyards that they did not plant and they're living in houses that they did not build. God could have waited, my brother, until that time to say, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to keep you. But God didn't do that. Amen. God said, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 Moses, this is the right time. And I can hear Moses and God having a conversation. And I can hear Moses saying, Well, God, if you're going to do what you can say you're going to do, why don't you just wait? Amen. And, 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 and it'd be a better look. Amen. We're in the wilderness right now. Amen. We don't, we don't know where the next drink of water is going to come from. We don't know what enemy is waiting around the corner. We, we don't know what kind of snakes, amen, are going to be crawling up in the tent. We, we, we don't know if folk are going to get hungry out here or not. And God's saying to Moses, no, no, I got this. Amen. God is saying, I, I, I think you need a wilderness blessing. I I think you need the kind of blessing that finds you in your wilderness. I think you need to know that your situation has changed. Even though you're in the wilderness, that you're not the same people who came out of Egypt. Even though you're in the wilderness, you are now under my covenant. And I think you need to know that I'm the kind of God who will be with you when the floods start rising. I'm the kind of God who will be with you when the fire starts burning. I'm the kind of God who will be with you when the wind starts blowing, the lightning starts flashing, and the rain starts falling. I will be with you no matter what kind of situation. And I see God saying, Moses, I understand what you're saying. You're saying that people need substantive blessings. You're saying that people need blessings that are, that are, that are not just intrinsic, but people need concrete blessings. But I'm God and I know what my people need. And every now and then, my people need a word blessing. Can somebody pray with me this morning? And what is a word blessing? A word blessing is what I get when I know that my wife and I, we got a piece of paper that says we're married. We got our paper. We got our rings that says we are married. But the word blessing is when I can wake up in the morning and that girl can look at me and say, I love you, baby. Now, a word blessing, amen, I don't care what anybody says paper is good. Amen. Rings all right. But that word blessing makes my marriage what my marriage ought to be. And every now and then, the sister looks to me and say, just give me a word blessing. Just tell me you love me. Just, we're going through some stuff, but just tell me that you love me. Tell me how you feel about me. Amen. Can somebody say, amen, I, 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 yeah, I, I just feel like saying, say my name, say my amen, because it just... <laughs> I'm gonna stop I'm gonna move on <laughs> all right so God does it in the wilderness and now as I close amen amen sometimes we just need God to meet us between a rock and a hard place amen that's right when I'm going through my wilderness that's when I need to know that God is God thank you so much brother for seeing the need amen amen All right, Um, and as I, I think this would be the close. Um, The blessing comes in the wilderness, amen, and I sometimes like to say it comes in the wild (laughs) because that's what the wilderness is, starts with a wild, (laughs) amen, and it comes during those times. It's not, it's not everything that God has for us, but the blessing gives us a foretaste of God's glory. All right. Uh, But this text does something else. It, It gives you a hint of what's in the background. Now, what's in the background somewhere, I think it's around Numbers 15 or something. Don't quote me exactly, but it's a few chapters beyond this where they dedicate the temple. So God is getting Moses ready for the temple dedication. And as God gets ready for the temple dedication, so I want you to hear this part that God says to Moses, call Pharaoh, call Aaron and his sons, and tell them that around dedication time, this is what they're going to say. And I'm a bishop, so I look at that I said, hmm, <laughs> this is the dedication of the tabernacle. They're getting ready for the dedication. And I said, God, what's wrong? Is Moses not good enough? <laughs> Did he do something wrong? Is there a rationale for calling Aaron and his sons? And if I ask y'all to name them, I know you're a Bible church, but if I ask y'all to name the sons of Aaron, most of us are going to have a problem. Amen? <laughs> Naming no sons. So they, amen, they're not so well known. And Moses was the brother who took all the heat. And when you're getting ready to dedicate the tabernacle, seemed like, amen, as we say in the country in Boulder, Oklahoma, seemed like, <laughs> amen, seemed like we should be asking Moses. But God says, no, this word, this word that passes down through history as the Aaronic blessing comes from the mouth of Moses to Aaron. And Moses has to teach Aaron and his sons how to do it. And I said, well, just make it easy. Let Moses do it. And then I started, I said, I got to get the background on, the, on this text. And so when I got the background on this text, you all know, you, you read your Bibles, when the children of Israel came through the wilderness, the Lord preserved their garments as well as their shoes. They didn't wear out. They didn't wear thin. Amen. But at this point in the text, everybody's wearing 40-year-old stuff. And then I started reading, and when I read, it said this. It said, it was, this is in Exodus. It's talking about how Moses, and I got a bit of an attitude about it. Because as I read it, Moses got on 40-year-old Levi's, 40-year-old T-shirt, hoodie, amen. And and then God starts talking to him about Aaron. And I did get an attitude. I got an attitude because God said, we're going to make Aaron uh, uh, this this, this robe. And then you're going to put a robe over his robe. So Aaron's getting new duds tailor-made, amen, (laughs) bespoke, amen. (laughs) Here Aaron is getting new clothes, and his sons are getting new clothes, and nothing is said about new clothes for Moses. And then not only does Aaron get new clothes, and, and, and he gets a tunic, I mean, he gets a robe, I'll say it like that, and then a robe to go over the robe. Seemed like Moses could have had one of them robes, but anyway, he gets a robe to go over the robe, and then he gets a girdle to go around the robe. Then he gets a breastplate to go over the two robes, and the breastplate has jewels in it, sapphires, onyx, diamonds, and all this stuff, jasper. And I'm, every time I read, I'm getting more and more perplexed, amen? And then I read on, and then it says, put a, put a, I'll say it like in my words, put a crown on his head. And I said, oh. you know, <laughs> he put the crown on Aaron's head. Amen. And then at the dedication of the temple, Moses got an old hoodie and khaki pants, 40 years old. Every day, folks see him wearing the same thing. And on the stage walks Aaron. Oh, man. (laughs) And all his boys, who most of us don't know their names. And they walk on the stage. And here Moses is sitting in the background and here Aaron is stretching out his hand. He hadn't taken the heat that Moses has taken. Amen. Tried to even take over at one point. Amen. But but here Aaron is waving his hands, pronouncing the blessing over the people, and the people are just shouting, oh, hallelujah, amen, amen. And they're doing all this to address up Aaron. And in the background, there's a messed up Moses. And that messed me up in this text until God says, You don't understand blessings, do you? Amen. And then God says, when I bless you, I do not bless you for the purpose of you taking all of my blessings, amen, and hovering over them just for you. Amen. God says, you want to be a boss? Y'all don't mind me saying it that way, right? God says, you want to be a boss? Real boss is somebody who can bless somebody. (laughs) <laughs> you missed a shout right there. Amen. But a person who really understands blessing is a person who can be blessed. And then the immediate thing that comes to their mind when they get their blessing is how can I bless? Amen. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How can I bless somebody else? A person who really understands what it means to be elevated and raised up is a person that as soon as they start raising you up, as soon as the elevator starts going, you're all outside the elevator reaching down and grabbing somebody and saying, come on up here with me, amen, and you're pulling them up with all of your strength and with all of your might, and you're making sure that you can get them on board because there's something in you that understands blessings, and there's something in you that understands the goodness of the Lord. And there's something in you that says, if I have water in a, in, a, in a thirsty land, ain't no way I can sit up here and just drink and drink and drink. And look at other folk who are thirsting. I've got to share what I have with somebody else. And sharing it makes me feel just as good as drinking it all by myself. Can somebody say praise the Lord and hallelujah. I was touched. When I think I got this right, I'm not much of an athlete. Amen. I know I'm six foot six, but I'm not much of an athlete. Amen. <laughs> uh, but I think I got this right. Was it uh, 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 LeBron James got the scoring title and he took it? Is that right? He, he won it over a man uh, 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 Kareem. And, and, and when and and, and and this is what I saw. I saw Kareem standing in front of towering over LeBron James and he had a basketball in his hand and I saw Kareem lowering the basketball with grace, not animus, with grace, not jealousy, with grace, not anger and he lowered that basketball and he placed it in LeBron's hands, and I said to myself, oh, that's a vision right there for God's church, and that is you, 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 your, your job is the reason why God healed you the reason why God raised you, the reason why God took a man from Love, Lovejoy, Illinois—that's what I call it, Amen. Lovejoy, Illinois, population six hundred, Amen. The reason why God took a man, population six hundred, Amen, and, and 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 just kept raising him, and just kept raising him. I know you were born in a town of six hundred, but I'm going to plant you in the, the uh, a place called Atlanta, Georgia. I don't know how many millions are there, Amen, and then. and and, and then took a man who started a church, a man in his apartment, not his house, not his split level, but in their apartment, started the church in their apartment and, and, and took that man in their apartment and put in him a vision for all of this and gave him the nerve to say greater. The reason why God did that for him is because he says, Woodrow, you are not a singularity. You you, you, you are an example, and in being the example, you are the person about whom I wanted said what was said on yesterday. All of the affiliates stand up. All of the sons and daughters stand up. All who you've touched. All who you've blessed. All who you stood in front of and did this. Amen? And said, it's not just me, but there are a whole lot of Woodrow's out there. So give me the opportunity, Lord, to just do this. Just to pass it on, just to pass it on, just to pass it on. So I say to the church, as I close today, we are in a race for Jesus Christ, but it's not a 100-yard dash. It's not a 200-meter not a race, but it's a, it's a relay race, and what God is saying to the church is, I want you to run your best leg. I want you to run your best race. I want you to set your best time. I want you to give it all you've got, but I need you to know that your race one day is going to come to an end, and before it ends, the last thing you do is hand off that baton and say to somebody else when you stop running stand on the sidelines and say go my sister go my brother run my sister run my brother I can't win the race but I'm handing it off to you and I'm blessing you as you go God's blessing agenda agenda